mainstream media here in Canada is just like, oh, vaccine passports is so great. You know, you're going to be so happy getting all your freedoms <laughs> back. Everybody, welcome to another Tim and John show. I'm Tim Pichot with the Liberty Advisor, joined by my main man, John Snyson, the economic truth. And I am in a great mood. And why am I in a great mood? Because I just came back from the grocery store, which that's a weird thing to say. You're in a great mood. Come back from the grocery store. But guess what? <laughs> About 40 percent of the people there were not wearing masks. And that was the pretty much the best I've seen from anywhere. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's 50 people in the store, not including employees and about 20 of them were walking around without masks, bare face, uh, just like, you know. So, so did you, did you run out of there with a whole bunch of uh, crazy people, like with war paint on them saying like, freedom. Well, as for, I was listening to Jordan page, uh, freedom is the answer as I was going in yeah. there. So that was just by coincidence, but yeah, I mean, I guess the yeah. QAnon shaman is from Arizona. So, you know, it might not be in strange to see people dress up in war paint. Uh, I'm just joking, but yeah, I don't know. He is from Arizona. <laughs> yeah. I mean, recently just got back yeah. from Miami who I was at, actually, I told you this and, uh, I was at a little private party thing and I look over to my left and who's there, Michael fricking sailor. Uh, who's obviously, you know, the CEO of MicroStrategy. And so it wasn't a Bitcoin party. So like basically nobody was over talking to him. And, uh, you know, the and so he wasn't like, a, you know, a huge celebrity, like like in terms of like if we were at like a Bitcoin conference or something. So super yeah. nice guy. He did say that he would do a Tim and John show in the future. So uh, I didn't pin him down on a date. Uh, but I will say, yeah, in Miami, that was a private event. So people weren't wearing masks at that one. But I would say of all the places I was just at, my local little grocery store seems to be the most resistance. And I've been in Texas you know a couple weeks ago but in uh miami west palm, obviously west palm an older area so uh, a lot of you know people abiding by all the mass stuff over there and then uh, over here i mean i'm in a retirement community as well and uh and yeah i even saw some older people not wearing masks which was very very invigorating because when i was gone i think the governor did something to loosen up more restrictions loosen yeah i believe so yeah i think i saw that in no I don't, I don't know because i never paid attention to the restrictions anyway yeah, you know what's funny tim is like we both live in a retirement community <laughs> Well, you know, I'm a retirement planner, so, yeah. you know, I got to gotta live in retirement no, communities. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a perfect place to live, uh, to find customers. Yeah, so when we, although, you know, I don't think a single one of my clients lives oh. in my neighborhood, and actually everybody I get as clients are all across the country. And I will make a plug that I don't really necessarily need new clients right now, but if you know of you people, anyone out there knows other financial advisors who are you know red pilled into all the stuff that John and I talk about can speak our language and maybe they're at some place right now where they uh, you know aren't allowed to speak their mind or they're doing you know sort of you know acting like slaves like everybody else and they want to you know come work for a great system over here I'm trying to find other people who, who you know are like me not that there's anybody like me but I uh, you know I need to have my head fit through the door when I get out of here but we but I am in, in search of other people that I know can kind of you know speak the lingo whether it's you know more of the libertarian volunteerism type stuff or uh, you know, we're other financial advisors who could be trained that. So, you know, it's just, we're trying, I'm trying to find other, you know, uh, liberty minded uh, financial advisors. And it's just not super easy finding them, especially if you're looking for somebody that knows about crypto as well. So, you know, if there's any other unicorns out there, that would be the only plug I'm making uh, for today. And if you are just joining us for the first time, also subscribing yeah. to us on the various ways that you can do that. Uh, and I would like to thank uh, our main man, uh, Zach, uh, the uh, Bitcoin booster diamond hands who's been helping us out tremendously with his podcast and helping them yeah. get out uh for the gates but john you had texted me yesterday i've been super super busy wall-to-wall -wall appointments and haven't had a check to check this out but you had said that there could be another potential lehman like moment brewing well, well there is uh, like it's not quite similar like it being debt that's involved in this it's and it was very interesting like so, so what's involved there is actually like equities uh, that was extremely highly leveraged, um, and and let me pull this up here. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and get into our zoomer and, and actually share the screen because this this is interesting, Tim. Uh, wh what is going on here? Uh, let me just see so I can share the right thing here. If I share it here, no, that's the wrong one. Sorry, guys technical difficulties uh what's going on don't worry Anyways. that was just the passwords to all of john's you know bank accounts that he put up <laughs> on but yeah, actually exactly. did you actually did you guys see so while you're trying to figure that out did you see that you had uh like a, like a united states like stratcom or something like that like accidentally posted some like string of characters and people are like is this uh like the missile defense codes or is what's going on here with this <laughs> and then like then they then they then they said like, apologized instead of saying like apologies and yeah it's just really weird 
Yeah, what's interesting here is that there was a a, a serious problem with a uh, the hedge fund again. You know, like these hedge funds, uh, they like to create a lot of troubles. <laughs> they don't like. Of... Apparently, they don't like to hedge. Uh, but yeah, that's all another another topic. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah, exactly. There was like zero hedge in this bet. Anyways, <laughs> not to be and confused with a... zero hedge, but yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, it was Arch uh, Archegos uh, Capital. It was called the the hedge fund, and what it had done is basically it had used, and, and this is uh, a interesting term. Uh, I gotta find exactly what it was called here. I'd never even uh, heard of this before, so no, and, and neither were I actually, Tim. You know, I, so I if you got some to... sort of, and it's yeah, it's, it's, I mean, yeah. it's funny. You get like two different financial geeks like us, and then you've got something that neither one of us have even heard of. I mean, a lot of stuff I've like heard of, but not necessarily know, and I haven't even heard of this. So, uh, Yeah, and it's called the CFD. Uh, I'm just trying to find the name of it now. Uh, I, I did have the article up on, like it was the Investi Investopedia here. Just one second. I'm going to pull it up here, Tim, because this is interesting. It's uh, a whole new derivative where they actually use um, a whole... Uh, like they basically could buy a asset um, out of uh, basically not even owning it. And here we go. This is this is it here. And they don't have to uh, disclose that they, let's say you own more than 5% of the stock or technically not yeah, owning yeah, the stock. Yeah, so you because don't have to actually disclose it. Yeah, it does circumvent the actual securities uh, and exchange commissions, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it, like policies to whatever uh the rules that they have right so uh and it's called a contract for different uh contract for differences so from what i learned is that basically when you when you go into this contract you do choose to like from when i go into it to the end of the day so it's basically i think the start of the day to the end of the day how much of a move this uh stock will make you could then leverage and, and through this company, like which would be like, we'll go in more into it. Uh, there's like several ones. There's like Deutsche Bank is involved, Morgan Stanley, I think also JP Morgan, no Goldman Sachs was involved, not JP Morgan uh, and one other firm as well. But these firms, you can go into a contract with them uh, for them, I think to them buy the, the asset for you. And then you then could, I think even leverage it, you know, so complicated, you know, uh, it just pissed me off. Like how complicated is morons got to make it. Uh, but it, it, it's basically a contract that, you know, like when uh, the stock rises in price, you can get the difference back. Uh, and basically, but it's without actually owning the stock itself. So you never own a share at all, which you never actually do, by the way, if you're trading anywhere, uh, <laughs> which isn't interesting just a side note technically like uh, the dtcc owns it yeah exactly the deposit and trust uh clearing corporation. corporation yeah yeah um uh, and it's seed and co that's involved in that right uh but again you know back to the cfd it's like basically so like you you buy this contract and and so you can make good on this contract if if it gains you know you'll make the profit in between uh the buy and the actual new value of the stock so you make a profit there or you would lose a substantial amount uh if it goes down and that's what happened with uh this guy at uh, nomura uh no sorry at Ar Ar archego hold on uh, let me let me get this right yeah. because Ar 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 uh, or should be a call like Arche archegos yeah <laughs> there he goes yeah uh, and, and it was $20 billion, uh, you know, liquidation that happened. And so this actually hit uh, where they were forced, like these companies that went to these contracts were actually be forced on his behalf on, on um, you know, the uh, Archegos. Uh, and it was like they're trying to hang out the guy here called Wang. Uh, -A never, never, hang your, never hang your Wang out. <laughs> <laughs> Gets you in trouble and... every single time. <laughs> exactly. Especially Tiger Tiger Wang. Yeah. So, yeah. but 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 Wang didn't get hang out. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so, 
So uh, he got hanged up for twenty billion dollars. Especially in Canada, especially in Canada, it's cold out there. So you know. Yeah, it, actually, I, I got experience with that. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Uh, uh, anyway, so back to seriousness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he actually was, uh, they had to actually, uh, you know, on margin calls, liquidate $20 billion worth of assets. And, and the assets were mostly in, um, uh, it was Viacom, Discovery, uh, Baidu, and I think it was, uh, what's the other company that uh, uh, Gary Ma has? Uh, there's another Chinese company, big one. Uh, that Nomura? No, no, no. Like we're talking about Chinese uh, stock company. There was T- like on the Chinese stock market too. Uh, what's it called now? Oh my goodness. TME, VIPS, uh, Baidu. Tencent. Oh, Tencent. Here we go. Tencent. So yeah, basically, and and then uh, Whips, Whip Shop, VIP Shop, or whatever. That was like three Chinese. Uh, I think they're like e-commerce sites, most of them, right? Like the. Uh, all these companies. Uh, I think Tencent is not like a payment, like a PayPal in China, right? Uh, but these were like heavily liquidated. But the worst ones was Ycom and Discovery. Ycom lost like fifty percent uh, of the share value from that uh, from that uh, margin call, like one margin call, like one. Just to like prove point here that like with this massive leverage that these traders have through these CFDs. Um, that you could use, you know, to hide uh, that they, you know, like they have, don't have to report that they own more than 5% of, you know, share capital in a, in a corporation. Uh, so what happened was that you just get like a mass liquidation and um, there's two banks, so Credit Suisse and Nomura right now that are come out and saying that they're facing massive losses. They haven't really said how much yet, Tim. So it's just, takes to you know uh, a week or so to really like get this to see how it really unravels it might you know just be a minor blip uh because with stocks uh but you know Nomura has two billion dollar loss in their their u.s unit uh and they're canceling 3.25 billion dollar bond issuance Nomura as well so i think it's a little bit more serious than what you know we're trying like what they're coming out with here uh and then, of course, Credit Suisse was another uh, creditor in this instance. Um, and uh, but the other thing too was that they were uh, so those two, like Nomura and Credit Suisse, was the guys that were lending to them. Uh, but then the actual companies that bought stocks for them was different companies. It was Morgan Stanley, Goldman. Uh, it was Goldman Sachs, yeah, Goldman, yeah, and. Uh, I think Deutsche Bank and UBS as well, like we're used to, like they were the ones that actually had to do these margin calls. How Goldman and Morgan Stanley broke ranks and triggered the biggest margin call since Lehman Brothers. So this is the biggest one. And it's a zero hedge tweet over here that they have in their article say crime broker versus prime broker. When you dump <laughs> your client's exposure first before others figure out what's going on. And, uh, Basically, it's and at one point it's saying that there is a contract for differences and borrowed funds in the form of total return swaps. They're using, you know, one complicated thing to do something else with another complicated thing. And yeah, it's just it's complicated. So the question was how to get everyone to hold off the urge to sell first and best while straddling everyone else with major losses, i.e. pure game theory. And yet just a few hours later, it was everyone for themselves. And you had uh, Goldman trader Michael Nocerino started hitting the tape just before 8 a.m. Eastern, advising clients that he had three blocks of stocks for sale, Baidu, TME, and VIPS. As a result of forced deleveraging, a deleveraging which, through its actions, Goldman effectively triggered. And then, you know, the article, you know, goes on to have like all the different, uh, you know, I don't know if these are internal emails or whatever from this Michael Dorserino who is trying to unload the different client positions. But anyways, yeah, if you want to take back the uh, screen sharing, I just saw this this brand new article that uh, was a Zero Hedge Premium article and just wanted to uh, just yeah. share it on here. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, no, it's not interesting, Tim, like how these guys are, <laughs> again, you know, they're, they're dealing at the rivers that we don't even know about. You know, I thought that I knew... You know, every single potato soup out there, uh, you know, letters of derivatives. But apparently I do not. Like, I, I wasn't aware of CFDs. 
which is, you know, another like crazy contract. Like I, I tried to explain it. I, I looked at it several times trying to figure out exactly you know uh, how it does and how it is you got to be a, a rocket scientist to you know understand the derivatives market that sometimes uh but you could try to make it as simple well, as possible like for example the hair tim like this is the this is the ceo by the way of archigo's uh capital management i looked him up on linkedin uh and uh, you know what's really funny though is that the archigos uh i'm gonna go into our um this is our discord and I'm gonna look at what I posted here. I think it was further up. We're looking at this live. Oh, uh, was it? No, further down. So what I'm what I'm gonna show you guys is basically. Uh, it, it looks like Archigos is not. Hopefully, it's not more pictures of Janet Yellen. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, so this is actually like from today. Like I I tried to go on their website. You guys can try this too. ArchigosCapital.com. Uh, and apparently the website is not up and running, but you know, there's another great thing out there, which is called the Wayback Machine. So I went and looked like this is 20, uh, uh, 6th of March. So way only back. three days ago. So it's like not way back. It's three days ago. <laughs> Their website was up and running. <laughs> so something is going on there. You know, they're not talking that, you know, the, uh, they're insolvent per se, like in all their language. But like when when they take down their website, I don't know, Tim. Like I'm getting very skeptical of like how how well this is going. You know, this whole unbinding. I I, I don't know about you, but I I get a sketchy feeling. You know, when some someone's website suddenly disappears. Uh, you know, when you're when you uh, something is happening with uh, that is pretty serious like i think there was like this triggered like the 20 billion dollars uh in holdings of forced liquidation i think it's turned into 50 billion but what we got to understand is like the cascading uh things that could happen here with you know uh, credit default swaps on you know uh, corporations involved in this uh like being the banks being also viacom like it's really struggling right now like it's down like 50 something percent uh, and uh, like last time too, when we looked at, uh, we went and looked at uh, Nomura's share price, it was down 19.55% uh, right now. It continuously dropped today, uh, another three point something percent right now. So it's down 20% in two days. That's pretty, that's a massive, you know, fall for uh, one of, uh, well, I it's a good, probably, well, it's it, a good thing. It that... is the biggest bank almost in, in uh, Japan by the way. So it's not a little guy. Well, you know, it is a good thing that the Bank of Japan recently came out a week ago and said that uh, we won't. This is an article from Zero Hedge uh, from last Friday, March 19th, actually about 10 days ago. We won't tolerate yield fluctuations. Schizoid Cordoba, fine, that's the Bank of Japan uh, president, I believe, fine tunes market management. And it says uh, the BOJ now plans to continue purchasing ETFs and J reads with upper limits of 12 trillion yen and 100 billion yen on an annualized basis, respectively. And yeah, and so we, we'd already been talking for years and years and years, you know, at least the last seven years, how the Bank of Japan is basically yeah. going in and buying up their stocks. And so now, and their ETFs. And so and, maybe now they're going to be buying uh, more on the dip. So maybe, uh, it's too bad it wasn't called that, you know, it's called CFD, but it was too bad it wasn't BTFD by the F and dip because it looks like that's yeah. going on. And then I was just checking out coin market cap and this yeah. is, you know, not to make like a deviation into, yeah, I guess we are making a deviation. I did here. see that. I was going to mention this to you, by the way. Was yeah. it Clayton? This I've never yeah. heard of. I've yeah. never, I have no, never, I never heard of this. Yeah. I just went to go look at coin market cap and I'm like, oh yeah, Bitcoin's at, you know, 57,000. That's pretty cool. And then I'm like, what the fuck is this Clayton? K yeah, I was like, yeah. I've never heard of this. And then all of a sudden it's number 13 and I'm taking a look at the chart. And so we got the chart on the screen. March 20th, it had a market cap of zero. And then now it's got, I mean, I'm trying to see exactly where it's at right now, but I mean, we're talking like $10.5 billion market cap up from zero uh, like six days ago. Uh, so it must have obviously just launched. Uh, and this is absolutely nuts. And then you've got the trading volume on it is, uh, you know, 267 million already in the past 24 hours, brand new. And it just goes to show you like how crazy, like, 
I feel like I'm like pretty on top of this stuff. And it's like, okay, I'm, uh, and all of a sudden I'm like, you know, taking a look at you know, the top, like 30, 40 coins. And I'm like, what the hell is this? I've never even heard of it. And, and now this is it's a Korean. This is actually a Korean blockchain company, by the way. Yeah. And so, they yeah. So we're, for your transaction fee. And they, it looks like they're doing something in like the NFT space. Anyway, I wasn't prepared to talk about this. It's just like literally, I'm just all of a sudden. No, but it's like, out. it's utterly insane. They, they launched, them, launched themselves to the 13th place uh, of all crypto uh, and blockchain projects out there. That's pretty damn significant. Like, that's, that's a crazy move, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of like, crazy you know like the, i have a feeling tim that we're like sniffing out like peak bubble here for um like especially when people go into all kinds of different things just like trying to find any gain that they they have at all and uh it's just like i, I don't even know what to say tim like this is this is just getting like utterly uh you know moronic like this this whole nft space though is very it's kind of interesting to me i don't know like uh, totally what to make out of it yet i'm trying to study it a little bit um, i was looking at uh, they're selling for example um ethereum um uh, what do you call it ethereum domains so like domains for the future on the future of the internet kind of thing uh which would be interesting you know i i i would totally agree that you know there'd be uh, a lot of interest in you know owning the future of the internet on the blockchain you know being able to buy some assets there uh i i actually have like a couple of my uh, uh what do you call it? my domains have a pretty substantial value to them right now some of them are in the like getting near the five digit mark you know in value which is pretty cool um not that I want to sell it because I, I it's one of my main domains, but uh, I, I think it's, um, you know, it's good to have a little bit of uh, property there, you know, in the uh, uh, technological world. As so well NF as, you know. NFTS.com is just seeing an article right now, wants to sell domain name for millions. It's funny, I wasn't planning on talking about this, but the article I was, because I mean, there's obviously a lot of, yeah. uh, you know, crazy stuff going on in the NFT space, but then there's, crazy stuff going on like good crazy stuff going on in the regular crypto space where it's, we have an article here uh from bazinga and yahoo finance visa allows payments to be settled with crypto using ethereum network and so obviously also, got bitcoin apparently did you see that as well like they just talked about that i i think i posted that in our uh, in our group as well so like there's a lot happening you know visa has been involved and, with and you can have bitcoin that's like there's like wrapped bitcoin where i think it's bitcoin that's wrapped in the ethereum which is then backed by it's basically bitcoin but it's trading through ethereum to make it supposedly yeah. cheaper but the problem is that ethereum isn't always necessarily cheaper but once they have the scaling yeah. then it will be but that you know could be getting into the weeds for people that aren't necessarily uh you know crypto geeks like ourselves but i mean it it just goes to show you when you've got you know all of a sudden you know if if they're able to enable all of their you know pos machines to then start uh you know enabling bitcoin i mean or ethereum or whatever i mean that's going to be you know just well that'd be yeah that'd be like just insane yeah and, uh, and I don't have the article I, up. Yep. And then we got, you know, Fidelity, you know, was announcing. I don't know if the banksters would like that, though, personally. Like, that'd be like just whacking them, like putting a, a brass knuckle to their head. I don't know. <laughs> they, would, they would be like knocked out. Well, I mean, for the a banks while, necessarily weren't necessarily in the payment good, game. But... I mean, they weren't necessarily in the payment game, anyways. So who knows? But then no. you've got, you know, also take a look on screen here. You've got Fidelity to launch Bitcoin ETF as investment giant build this yeah. digital asset business. And so, I mean, that's just absolutely. Seven Morgan Stanley too, I believe is launching an ETF, isn't it? Like Morgan? Like I think. Well, Morgan there's been a lot that have, well. there's been a lot of yeah. people who, I mean, you might be thinking Morgan Creek, but yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they were as well, but it's. No, no, uh, Morgan Stanley, Morgan Stanley. Yeah. Now a lot of people have tried. And so now that you've got, you know, like the white shoe boys of, you know, the, you know the wall, the you know the wall well, yeah, royalty boys. trying Fidelity's to do it. massive, yeah. yeah but they've, exactly. but, but they've been trying. I mean, a lot of other firms have tried to get the ETF rolling, and the SEC just keeps denying them. But I mean, it's it's you know it's one of those things where it's you know eventually coming, in my opinion. And you've got speaking of opinions, you've got Ray Dalio, who's the uh, you know the head of 
Bridgewater Associates, the largest hedge fund in the world, $150 billion in there. And he, Delio says, good probability Bitcoin gets outlawed. And, you know, at, at some point, you know, I mean, I guess they did, you know, outlaw breathing. So I don't want to, you know, put anything by them. But, you know, I don't yeah. really, you know, okay, they outlaw it. People are not going to give it up by and large. And then it just makes it harder to get it. And then as you make it harder to get it, then all things being equal, well, look the at, price would go up even more. Well, let me prove a point. Like just recently, like just uh, was it two, like a month ago uh, at the most, Nigeria's central bank outlawed uh, Bitcoin in Nigeria. Well, what happened was that, you know, suddenly it's trading at a 20% premium <laughs> to the to the current price. So <laughs> that and that's like they tried to low gold in, in Venezuela and Zimbabwe and other countries during hyperinflations. It's not going to stop people trading in those wealth preserving assets because like why why the hell would you uh, you know keep your currency in a asset that loses its value on such a rapid scale that you want to just throw it in the garbage if you get it in your hand. Like, that I mean, at sense. that point, I mean, it just shows, yeah. you know, how bankrupt and corrupt the government is that they need to yeah. outlaw essentially math. I mean, I guess they have with, you know, Common Core and saying that math is racist, even though necessarily white people aren't necessarily the best at math. Obviously, there's Asians who are not allowed to say that, you know, that Asians are better at math. But, you know, we've got Bill Gates organization coming out and saying that math is racist. So, yeah, I guess they could try to, you know, outlaw math. And I'm not sure if it kind of switching gears a little bit over here. I think I sent this article to you. I wasn't sure. Uh, but this is from Politico. I saw it a couple of days ago. Beware the Pentagon's target list for extremists and infiltrators yeah, I saw right and left. Yeah. And, and it basically says, you know, beware of these symbols of far right and far left Islamists or single issue ideologies. It warns uh, that there's, you know, people in the military. The that could be so a, Pepper the Frog. That's that could dangerous. be, you know, espousing this, this uh, rhetoric. And, and who are they worried about? Patriot extremism, according to the document holds that the U.S. government has become corrupt and has overstepped its constitutional boundaries or is no longer capable of protecting people against foreign threats. Adherents reject the government's authority to tax and govern, believe they don't have to follow the law, and in some cases form militias and call for the government to be violently overthrown. I mean, other than the violently overthrown because they're just going to try to replace it with another form well, of government. You're not talking about the Boogaloo Boys. Like, did you hear about the interview well, with the head well, of the right, Boogaloo Boys? Right, right, right below it. You know, yeah. right. So, yeah. So, as it, as it goes on, it cites the examples, the symbols of the Oath Keepers, Boogaloo Boys, uh, both of which took part in the Capitol attack. It also lists groups such as Sovereign Citizens and Proud Boys. Then it goes on to say anarchist extremism. Meanwhile, opposes all forms of government. The document says, along with capitalism and corporations, I mean, this is more like a leftist anarchism. It yeah, cites, this is more like Antifa. Yeah, yeah. Antifa, occupied movements, blah, blah, blah. Then, yeah. of course, you know, you got to throw in the white supremacists. And then uh, rounding it out, you know, if we haven't gotten, you know, anarchists and patriots and white extremists and yes, yeah, throw ISIS, you know, ISIS and, and QAnon. And Q, and Q, ISIS and QAnon. Let's just throw those two in there <laughs> as well. And so I love how, like, all oh. the patriot type people that, you know, we got to trust the plan and, and, you know, we got to build this big police state. Well, the police state was always for you. I mean, that was who yeah. the police state for. It was never for Al Qaeda. It was for you. I mean, the government fucking funded Al Qaeda and, yep. and, you know, and, and, and basically funded. And, and who is responsible for ISIS? I mean, basically John McCain and, uh, you know, was over there. Yeah, there's pictures with him hanging out with his buddies over there. So. <laughs> Yeah, but this document, I mean, it's, I mean, they're coming, I mean, they are, they are coming for, and it's funny because it's like, yeah, and there's only, you know, a small amount of people. There's only maybe so, four Tim, people this in there. Like, so to put this into perspective, what's happening currently, look at what happened to uh, LRN Radio, right? With Ian Freeman and the guys. I was actually like, just listening to uh, the latest, or maybe like a, a one from Friday with Mark Edge right before I, I had like literally yeah. 20 minutes of free time today. And I was listening to part of that to see what they were saying. But uh, I mean, obviously, it's a three hour show, so I didn't get very much in 20 minutes in. But yeah, I mean, hopefully, uh, you know, Ian makes it out OK. I mean, he was, you know, obviously, you know, flaunting a lot of stuff. And, you know, I, you know, give him credit for having the balls to do that stuff because I'm obviously doing, you know, stuff above board and KYC and all stuff yeah. that I don't necessarily like doing, but, you know, we got to go to great lengths to do all that sort of stuff. And so the reason I do it is because I don't want to end up like, like he is, but uh, you know, it's, 
you know, but to a certain extent, they were, you know, a thorn in the man's side. And they are, you know, I'm sure the people that the, because this thing is like the people who are like the actual patriots here, I mean, are the ones that are basically being called terrorists now. And, yeah, and, yeah, if, and yeah. if the government wasn't corrupt, why would they be worried about people, you know, thinking that they're corrupt? I mean, so. Well, look at oh, like they still have their fences up in D.C. Like, come on. It's like, oh, we're so oh, yeah, we're so not yeah. corrupt that we're going to go yeah. target anybody that thinks we're corrupt. You know, you know, what sounds pretty corrupt. People that go after people that think that they're corrupt sounds like a pretty fucking corrupt government is, you know, I don't know. But just I don't know, probably just an extremist. So uh, but, you know, if I call myself that, then, you know, you're sort of, you know, taking away their power by because uh, at one point, I mean, I think the very first uh, cover photo I ever had back when I was on Facebook for uh, my libertarian advisor page, which then became Liberty Advisor page, was actually a picture of Rand Paul. And it was something like, uh, when does balancing the budget make you an extremist or something like it was something like, you know, how does balancing the budget? Make Ask Gats Trudeau that. He said that the, bal- the budget will balance itself. He said that in his campaign. Well, speaking of budget balancing itself, and I mean, we had no pre-planning going into this. So it's amazing how it's all sort of flowing here. But Larry Summers yeah. sees least responsible fiscal policy in 40 years. And so you guys know that he was. Uh, the, oh, well, 40 you know, years. Let me see. Like what happened 40 years ago? Is that, oh, that's 81. Yeah. So that's pretty much like when gold, like silver went through the roof and, uh, and gold went pretty high too. Like silver, we haven't even beaten the old silver highs, Tim, you know, back from the 80s. Like. Yeah, and you know, I say one of the better videos I've ever made. I mean, the audio quality wasn't great because I messed something up. This is like early, early days before I had a podcast, before I mean, before I even had this YouTube channel. It was an old one, but it, it, I believe it is on the a podcast. And it was getting into, uh, you know, Clinton and all the stuff with Larry Summers and and Citigroup and how like basically they got rid of uh, Glass Steagall. And so, but the thing is, I've already forgotten all this stuff, but I know in the video it was like super well researched and back when I was like pumping out blogs and doing stuff, I'll, you know, I'll have to go find that one. But it was probably in terms of like information, probably one of the best videos I've ever done, but, you know, probably 30 people saw it. So, you know, so I guess it is what it is on that one. But, uh, but yeah, Larry what Summers. Was it? Uh, there was an yeah. academic, like uh, Larry Summers came out. And Robert, and Robert Rubin. On a Luddite back in the day, like for basically calling out the mortgage-backed security cards. Well, Robert Rubin was the other one. And then and then when it comes yeah. to, and then these guys all got big payoffs and they t- took down Glass-Steagall with, and then they got to blame, not that I'm a fan of Bush, but then they blame Bush for, you know, having the free market capitalism go wild, even though it was Bill Clinton that got rid of the Glass-Steagall Act. And, and uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, we don't need to go down that whole rabbit hole but you know you got one of the guys that's basically responsible for helping create these you know weapons of mass destruction from a financial sense and now he's you know out pointing fingers and this guy also was you know i think was like the president of harvard too for a little bit at well this guy's the biggest scumbag ever like i don't know why anybody puts him on up on a pedestal it's it's like laughable this guy is like just having talk it's like you know derivatives you know, like anybody that says that, I want to punch their uh, punch them in the face. Like that's uh, <laughs> not not to be like uh, I wouldn't do that, but it's like just like uh, they're just a moron. You know, like just listen to even Janet Yellen. It's the same kind of academic that. And then who know, was like, one of the guys that also like, helped? Like, uh, and then who was one of the people, the senator or the state senator back in the day, who was suing companies because they weren't uh, giving out loans in minority neighborhoods, and then. That then basically then led to the banks being forced to give out all these loans. And then yeah. I think like about 99% of those loans went belly up. That senator was Barack Obama. And then Obama, then, you know, he was one of the people that also helped, you know, basically help uh, take down Glass-Steagall, even though no one knew who he was at the time. And, uh, yeah, and look what Barack Obama has done for black people in America. He just destroyed them. It's, it's funny. I was just, I was just in yeah. Florida. And at one point I was on the Barack Obama highway. And it's funny, like you'd basically have to take the Barack Obama highway from where I was at to get to Mar-a-Lago. So in order to go to Trump's place, like you, you <laughs> have to go on like Barack Obama highway. So I don't know, uh, how, how that ends up working out, but, um, uh, yeah, it's just a whole bunch of stuff going on. I know you had a bunch of different articles, so you know what else you got, you know, cooking for us because I've been, you know, busy working. Well, I had, uh, I had, a, I had a couple of more things here that I pull up. Let's see, you know, I gotta find the right one here. 
what else do we have other than the craziness on, uh, you know, surrounding the whole uh, deal that was going on there? Let me just share my screen. Yeah, I mean, other than, other than uh, you know, one of the biggest hedge fund blowups in, you know, 20, 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, it's uh, it's really interesting. Well, I had this one here. G20, G7 uh, should push private creditors to join debt relief program. Uh, that's that's a big one. You know, the World Bank is saying that, uh, like, this guy's called Mall Pass. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, you get a pass for going to the mall, like your COVID pass. Um, anyways, he's just saying that... Uh, uh, they should, you know, try to like big corporations should try to, you know, help out uh, with climate change and all this stuff with low income and and bail everybody out, like basically borrowing money from their own. Like it's, uh, I, I don't know, I, I, it's a very World Economic Forum ish type of feel that you get when you hear these G20. What you got to understand, G20 actually is a subgroup of the G30, uh, like group that actually gives advice to what's called the financial stability board and the financial stability board sits on top and then all the g20 countries get their orders from that financial stability board which only has like a few people you know sitting at the top and if you go and look at like i forgot who is the actual uh boss of the financial stability board right now tim let's go and look it up right now as we're basically live here i gotta go and uh, oh, this is back at our GSIBs, you know, that we did the other day. Uh, global is systemically important banks. Uh, they're actually the ones that are creating these lists. But uh, I just wanted to show you, like, who's actually involved here. Uh, mandate, framework. You know, we got to go up here. Uh, oh. This is the Not financial. Bit. These guys are actually creating, like, financial regulation for old banks not only for banks but for accounting for securities worldwide uh and for uh what is the third one that i'm missing out like banking securities accounting insurance uh worldwide so yeah it's oh here we go members so these are the guys that are actually are saying like look at who, who's the boss tim uh right now at the financial stability board it was first mario draghi then it was mark carney and now who who's the chair <laughs> who's sitting who's who's the boss now well it's the governor and vice chairman of the u.s federal reserve ronda calls <laughs> surprise surprise uh yeah yeah but, but these are these are these are a group of people that actually sit there and make legislation for everybody in the world for all the banks and everybody and and financial institutions, insurance, accounting, all the rules and regulations they put out from themselves. Then it gets uh, put down into what's called standard setting bodies. That's, you know, the international, uh, I forgot what they're called, but it's the BIS, it's the Banks uh, Supervisory Committee, uh, the BIS. They control all the banks. And then there's like an international organization for accounting, for uh, insurance and for securities uh, and they actually like just work with their then their local g20 countries a and they created these like this whole like controlling mechanism on top of things and, and they really like like uh, the elites that writes about the financial stability board likes it because they say it's way better than the too many cooks in the kitchen at the imf with 147 voters here you have a dictatorial you know, like 20 to 40 people that sits there and makes all the rules and the regulations for the financial world instead. So much easier, Tim. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's one, one thing. Yeah. yeah, one thing I'm reading is there's another Yahoo Finance article right now about uh, Huang. And what it's saying is one of the world's greatest hidden fortunes is wiped out in days. Maybe that's a good you know title for this uh, for this podcast. And it's talking about it, you know, goes on to list Mike Novogratz in here and saying, one of Huang's uh, portfolios, which has been traded in blocks since Friday by Goldman Sachs Group, Morgan Stanley, Wells Fargo, is worth almost $40 billion. Oh, Wells Fargo's in there, too. Surprise. Yeah, surprise, surprise. <laughs> Bankers reckon that Archigo's net capital, essentially Huang's wealth, had reached north of $10 billion. Then it uh, it kept climbing tens of billions and 50 billion, maybe even more than 100 billion and evaporated in mere days. And then Mike Novogratz goes on to say, I've never seen anything like this, how quiet it was, but how concentrated and how fast it disappeared. 
Uh, this has to be one of the single greatest losses of personal wealth in history. And it's in the, you know, it goes on to say because that they're a family office that they don't need to basically, uh, you know, have as much oversight. They don't need to register as investment advisors and probably coming yep. out of this, it'll be some sort of, you know, I'm sure, you know, try to cause for more regulation or something like this to oh, try to prevent something from going on in, in the future. But, you know, I guess it is, you know, sort of, uh, you know, so if you're levered up, you know, six to eight times, like they're speculating that he was, and all of a sudden your portfolio loses 27% in a matter of, you know, hours. And so the thing is, so if you have only a few different stocks and basically CBS Viacom fucked them by, so sort of what happened is they uh, had issued new, their CBS Viacom was saying, hey, we're going to issue a bunch of new stock. Then that obviously if you're issuing new stock, then you're diluting the existing stock that's out yeah. there, which then caused his major position in that to then plummet. And in order to meet capital requirements, you then need to sell then other large blocks of stock. And since you only have, you know, a few different names, then that then causes sort of this cascading effect. And I guess because since there was a lot of private block sales that it wasn't as bad as I guess it could have been and sort of, but you were, you know, texting me late last night and saying, you know, Hey, this could be, you know, a big one that's, that's going on. And it seemed like today it was, you know, relative, uh, you know, relatively quiet given how, uh, you know, crazy. Yeah, but still, uh, but still, as we said, you know, the morale, one of the biggest banks in Japan, it's down 20%. Uh, that's pretty significant. Uh, you know, in two days, right? So, well, the, the Bank, of Japan, like, we'll buy, can, Bank yeah. of Japan can just buy more of their shares. I guess that's all that that has. I guess that's yeah. all that. All that well, means. it's like, yeah, yeah, you'll end up like buying everything. Like, come on. Like, it's, uh, it's like that article that I wrote like four years ago, you know, the Federal Reserve owned everything than nothing, but it was based upon Japan because Japan was doing that already. You know, they were buying whatever assets they had, their real estate stocks, whatever they could get their hands on. It's, uh, yeah, I, I don't even know what to say sometimes, Tim, about like the, the financial system and how financialized it is. Like, But uh, what I'm worried about is that there's going to be some interconnected like credit default swaps, as I said, you know, that is probably paramount of betting on, you know, the debt defaults on these uh, corporations. Because with CDSs, you could actually like pile in hundreds of investors uh, and buy insurance against the failure of something, right? Uh, it could be a country, it could be a corporation, debt and, uh, or bonds or whatever you want to bet on. Uh, and uh, it's available for a lot of people over the counter. And, and what's interesting is that uh, like the, that's what was collapsed. Like remember AIG back in the day, Tim, when AIG collapsed, that's what brought them down because uh, it's funny how Goldman it. Sachs you know, like even, having funny how Goldman yeah. Sachs had their hand in that one too and they had their hand in you know sort of oh, this yeah, of one course. as well so yeah. it's just funny they've always yeah. got their always got their you know, no. invisible hand oh, they, in were, they, they were selling these uh Timberwolf bonds or whatever it was called uh the mortgage like the CDOs uh internally so, that they were again, it was to as they yeah, refer to it internally cold. as dog shit. We need to get this dog shit off our books, aka sell it to their lending <laughs> clients. Yeah, but, and who who else was out there like helping them pushing it other than Hank Paulson, you know, the treasurer secretary at the time, former Goldman boy. <laughs> it's just hilarious to watch these scumbags. You know, Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan gets away with so much stuff because they're the two biggest primary brokers in the United States. They have the most control over everybody, right? Like they're sitting on top of a lot of this stuff. Uh, so they, they usually get, but you know, when it comes to like the, the central banks have to like clean up and, and buy everything that they can find of assets that are toxic. Speaking of cleaning uh, up, speaking of cleaning up, I guess John wasn't, I guess, cleaning up his, uh, language and was talking about some naughty stuff in his rant. And so if you guys <laughs> want to see some of the uncensored stuff, you're going to have to go to Tim and or check out, uh, yeah, I guess you're gonna have to go to Tim and because YouTube decided to give. Uh, my channel, well, I guess a warning uh, before they give a strike. Like maybe you accidentally posted this rant and yeah, we, we accidentally posted, didn't we, Tim? Yeah. Well, we kind of did because we should have known better. Yeah. That YouTube. Well, I was on vacation anyway. and I just left it to you yeah. guys. But then I'm no. I'm now on DrudgeReport.com and the very uh, what does it say? And now the thing is, I'm scanning some of this news in real time. I've been working yeah. all day. New vaccines will be needed in a year. Oh, surprise, surprise. Oh, yeah, that's, that actually came out for a while back. I think I saw that even like uh, a couple of weeks ago. 
Uh, yeah, like, basically saying what a new, surprise! New, new variants. And, oh, is it going to be exactly surprise. like the flu virus that you know, like you have constant replenishments of like different types of vaccines to di- fight with the different strains? And like, unless oh, we no, vaccinate really? the world, we leave the playing field open to more and more mutations, which could churn out variants that could evade our current vaccines and require booster shots to deal with them and then your body's no, no. Able... you know these morons they they all want their massive profit oh you can't call them That's morons because then you might be bullying on uh, on youtube so we need well, to watch our we need to watch yeah, our potty yeah, mouth yeah. john we're trying to clean stuff up because yeah, i know the who yeah, sorry, says everything is great and you should definitely go out and get all your vaccines even though they haven't been tested That's right. So the flu vaccine has or flu shot has never even been able to I thought, how come they call it a flu shot Yet then this is a coronavirus vaccine. So I actually you know, I was I was causing some more trouble at the tennis court. Well, the well, well, here here's another thing. It's like you're looking at the numbers for the flu vaccine for deaths. Like there was uh with, this is the various numbers. So if YouTube ever listens to this, like the various numbers actually like it says eighteen hundred something, you know, deaths from the flu vaccine over and only one percent apparently gets reported, but they had that reported like about 1800 something. I don't know the exact number right now off my cuff my head, but, uh, and that's 25 years in only three and a half, four months, we've actually gotten to over 2000 in the United States, 2000 official deaths. There's actually like, un, uh, these are numbers that are unofficial that I saw from some friends of ours that are posting about Europe is more than 3,800 in Europe that have died from, uh, vaccination, 161,000 severe adverse reactions. Meanwhile, in Canada, there's no deaths from the vaccine. There's very little adverse reactions. So Canada is fine. <laughs> and the UK, apparently. So it's funny how these Commonwealth and Australia, you know, nobody's dying down there uh, in any of our the Commonwealth countries because we're, uh, I guess we're, we're fine here. <laughs> you know, everything is fine. There's There's nothing to worry about. And they're talking about this blood cloth, you know, like in, in Norway, Tim, there was a lot of people that actually, like there was three people that have died from blood cloths in Norway, uh, officially, like the official numbers. And uh, uh, yeah, I was reading stop. some sort they of European study and it was like 3,900, this is as of like three or four days ago, 3,946 people had died attributed to the, uh, you yep. know, things we can't mention on YouTube. And there was another like 196,000 injuries. And it's funny this weekend on uh, the tennis court, I just, you know, I haven't been able to play that much this year, but I overheard everybody talking about the, about the vaccines and how they're all so happy they got vaccines and when they got it and how they got it and all this other stuff. And I went over there. I'm like, well, Hey, I'm like, actually, none of you actually have gotten the coronavirus vaccine. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, uh, so there actually isn't a vaccine because a vaccine technically through like Merriam-Webster's dictionary is when you take a live attenuated weakened virus and then you inject that live virus into yourself and then your body then builds up an immunity supposedly. Yeah. And I go, that's not what's happening with this. So it's technically not even a vaccine. It's basically an experimental drug. And so basically you guys just yeah. took an experimental drug, not a vaccine. And then the one lady, you know, has got her eyes in the back of the head, has her hand on her hip. And I'm like, listen, you got your hand in your hip, eyes in the back of your head, rolling your eyes like, you know, everything over there. But, you know, the fact well, of the matter still is in human trials. What, what are we going to say more to convince you? It's still in human trials. I caught the uh, the head of virology in our province, you know, saying that, you know, like when we had the, the clinical trials, she called it, you know, we had like you need 10,000 people. But she's not talking about I think it's like 60,000 you need for three years to actually like have the. Uh, third or whatever fourth stage of it uh, for three years right and uh, we're doing uh, millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of people in in clinical trials right now until late 2022 uh, early 2023 i forgot i think and even the then Pfizer there's no way yeah. to then model how no. this how this yeah. vaccine will then interact with another vaccine to interact with another thing to interact with another thing and all the no, variants like, mutations it, and it's uh, like taking it, pharmaceuticals, Tim. It's like you, you take one pharmaceutical, then you get side effects, to, and then you need another pharmaceutical to cover those side effects, and then you get more side effects. And so it's just like there's a reason why, like, I think the average North American has like 13 medications that they're on. Yeah, well, I was just saying, my, grand, I was just saying my grandparents, yeah. you know, uh, down in West Palm, and, you know, they're in a retirement community, and everyone's talking about all the drugs they're on. And it's, it's just funny. I mean, yeah. it's act like you're in high school or something. Everyone's just talking about drugs or at a frat party, but it's like everyone's talking about the drugs and, the vaccine and all this other bullshit. And 
I watched, you know, my daily life for me, I watch like basically no TV, but I did watch a lot of TV because my, you know, the grandparents had on the background. So, you know, in every ads about a freaking pharmaceutical, I'm like, why do you think, I'm like, do you think I'm like, they're the one cutting all the checks? Are you ever going to hear the other side of the, of well, the and, argument and, if they're the one and writing you heard the, the start of the, yeah, and you heard the start of it. It's like, uh, like, what is it like five seconds of the actual like medication? And then there's all the side effects. Yeah. For, like, and then I was watching, uh, you know, my, my uh, hometown Syracuse. I, I used to be a diehard basketball fan, but all, all the propaganda, I just couldn't take it this year. I watched half of one game, but I'm like, you know what? They were, uh, I watched, the oh, I was flying during the first round and the second round, I watched that. The third round, I watched them lose in the Sweet 16. They lost it out to some Cougars. So then the Cougars, I guess, get you every time. But uh, they ended up, uh, you know, all the propaganda, though, just could not take it anymore. It's just, like, so ridiculous. And so I actually had to go buy, like, or do, like, the trial of uh, Hulu. So now I need to go cancel that. So that way I'll be back to having no TV. Uh, and I've actually had almost no social media the past, like, probably month. I don't I, even even flow. I've only went on there to post, like, once or twice. But, uh, you know, it's been a, nothing against that. It's just, you know, a complete social media detox and has felt, you know, very good not being on any social media for, you know, I'd say even like, like even Instagram, I didn't even load it onto my new phone because there's all sorts of spy crap they do with Instagram. Actually, I mean, Instagram is actually one of the worst in terms of, you know, spying on you and things like that. And so, yeah, it's fun. It's cute to post all this stuff. But you know what? I don't need to post every little thing that I'm doing, even though I'm doing, you know, cool stuff and going to the beach and going to different places. But, you know, what? I don't need to put, post every single thing out to the world. I don't need to be, you know, having these companies use data against me more so than I've already you know, used it against myself. And uh, and it's just you know, going out there and seeing, you know, and, and watching a lot of TV the past week or overhearing the TV, it was just driving me nuts just seeing propaganda and then flying and seeing more propaganda. And, and it's just, you know, it's just unbelievable. But, you know, I do have to get going because I've, I've been yeah. working like nonstop, uh, you know, ever since, uh, you know, the wee hours of, uh, of, uh, of the morning here. And so I need to get up and get it, do it again tomorrow. But the only thing I'll ask is if you guys uh, either subscribe to us, if you haven't subscribed to us, and also if you know a financial advisor who maybe uh, they're not happy with what they're doing now and they have, you know, sort of a similar type mindset of myself and think it would be a good fit, if they want to shoot me an email at tim at innovativewealth.com. And then uh, we can, you know, try to see if we can uh, get them on a better path so we can help more people out because I, I do need to clone myself. I can't do, uh, you know, everything. We've got other people no, coming on tough. board. Yeah, it gets tough, Tim. And, uh, definitely need more people aboard with you uh, to help you out there now you know i'm i'm over here you know doing my analytics and all this other stuff and we, we talked about some other things that you and me are going to do further down the road but uh it, it's so important to have those people to help you you know get get give you more time to do this kind of stuff because you're on the phone like every single day like how many hours like 10 hours or something uh so so you definitely need to like get I mean, either on the phone or on a more. zoom call yeah. or yeah. Or always, I mean, my, my voice is just like always perpetually in uh, limbo of going out and it's, you know, not even like yelling or anything, but just, I, I do have like some, whatever reason, like a weak voice that always gets blown out all the time and never get a chance to ever recover. But, uh, but no, it was good being able to uh, clear my head a little bit last week and be able to, uh, you know, get out to the beach and be able to see, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not my life is that hard. I go from, you know, 80 degree weather in Phoenix to 80 degree weather in, in Florida, now back here again. And I think today was 90. Uh, so, but, but 90 in Phoenix when it's, you know, actually does feel pretty nice. It's, it's, but 90 in yeah. a lot of other places would suck, but uh, 90 yeah, in Phoenix. Yeah, well, compared to here, it's like we're actually going from like plus 20 Celsius down to like minus almost 21 Celsius, like over just a night and then we're going back in like two days again we're back up at like those like 20 celsius almost again but uh, we're gonna have a crazy snowstorm we had it raining here for like uh what is it uh, i think we got like three four millimeters so far tim and then it's gotta go uh, come like five to ten centimeters of snow on top yeah, well, of that. better well, better you guys oh, than me are, are you gonna be able to make it down to red pill this year like i don't know like what the what? Uh, quarantine See, this, situation this, looks no, like this, but... is the, this is the, this is the moronic stupidity of these border uh closures because we've had a border closures between canada for and the u.s for non-essential travel since like october tim like i think it was there no i think it was even before that and that's totally insane uh but it's better to actually like travel by car than by airplane but i'm hoping that things are going to loosen up but it looks like they're going to try to push vaccine passports they're like mainstream media here in canada is just like oh vaccine passports is so great 
you know, you're going to be so happy getting all your freedoms <laughs> back. Uh, it's going to be all great. You know, you're going to be a total slave and you're going to be so happy. And uh, eventually you're you're nothing. nothing. Yeah. No, it's like, uh, it's just, we'll see Tim. I, I really hope that I can go because I'm, I'm starved on liberty minded people. And I, I need to like be in physical distance of somebody that I could talk to. So I'm really hoping that I could go down and see you and others there just hang out with you because it's yeah, it's one thing like us doing these things over zoom but it's another thing actually having human connection you know, <laughs> and see people face to face it's it's two different things so that's what i'm really starving you know uh, not having any problems physically because i'm pretty mentally strong but it's like i just want to see people <laughs> it's time to go and hang out with people and, and uh, you know get on with our lives from this total scam that we've been you know, pushed underneath and, and they're going to try to perpetrate it for years if we let them, you know, so let's just at least try to expose their moronic behavior and, and all their, you know, claims that they have out there. I mean, uh, well, I'm from, I mean, well, I'm from New York, them. so I don't even know like yeah. the legitimacy of me of even being able to go back to, you know, my yeah. home state. Not that I really want to, but obviously I've got you know. No, but now they're pushing there. massive. New York is the one that really is pushing uh, vaccine passports, right? Yeah, so. and then you've got you know Cuomo, who's you know using a sex scandal to cover up a murder scandal, to then yeah, now yeah. having their freaking uh, you know Excelsior pass, which I don't even know all the details of it, or if it's just New York City or all of New York, but they're trying to make it all of New York. And, well, people uh, are trying to do this on grocery stores. Like, when does that? So, so you're gonna like literally like force people. Like, what are people gonna do that are not vaccinated and they're not gonna be able to get food? <laughs> or are they gonna? Oh, maybe they'll get it uh, by the government. They'll they'll not be able to even work, and then they'll just get you know a handout from the government. So that's probably how yeah. The other work. day was the first time I ever did like one of those uh, like where you go and you you know use an app to go order your food at a grocery store. And uh, it, was, it was actually I would say it was pretty nice, but I was even nicer being able to go in today and see like like almost half the people, probably forty percent, not wearing masks. And and it was a big sample size too. It wasn't just like there was yep. you know four people in there and you know, one and a half not wearing masks or something. It was, you know, a good Here's amount like of people Tim, not wearing like masks. Zero. Here's zero people are not wearing a mask. It's yeah, like I mean, almost here. everywhere I go, I mean, this pre this grocery store used to be, I was like the only one ever. And then all of a sudden I come back from Florida and it's like, boom, you know, everyone's, or not everybody, but, you know, a good amount of people well, not wearing masks. But then then also they brought back the lawn furniture at uh, at the pool. So there's a nice, like kind of like a couple like resort area pools and half of them yeah. that took away the, 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 the pool chairs, the other ones, they kept them there. But the main pool area, uh, the main kind of congregation area where, where it used to be, they finally, after a year, brought back all the lounge chairs again. So it's weird. Like we had the pool area was open, but they had no lawn chairs at it or like lounging chairs to go lay out or anything, which, you know, sort of, you know, makes it useless because, you know, no one wants to go sit down in like a 150 degree freaking, uh, you know, boiling pavement out, out here in Phoenix. And so it was nice this weekend seeing, you know, like probably over 100 people at this big like resort type pool thing. And and I only saw one idiot walking in there with a mask. So it's like, OK, you walk in there with a mask with you and your kids. Then you go in a pool that's freaking crowded, uh, not wearing a mask. I mean, I don't really know what the point besides virtue signaling is. But, you know, then you go to like I'll go to like a park with my kids. You might see like 100 or 200 people very few wearing masks but then those same people then go wear a mask everywhere else and so it just goes to show you that a lot well, of people yeah tim yeah it's, it's totally funny tim it's like here too it's when you go in the countryside there's some few places that i've driven by like i drove, drove all over a place here in the province and i've seen a few places where there's actually like the people in the stores like in gas stations or tiny little stores they don't wear a mask uh which kudos to them you know you got to give them a lot of respect especially here you know, versus like where you are, where people are more freer, you know, the, the total slaves that, you know, like care, you get basically like locked head, put in a headlock if you don't have a mask on uh, by some moron thinking that he saves the world by you trying to kill everybody. Uh, so uh, you got to give kudos to a few people. Uh, it's interesting on the reserves here, like for the Indian reserves uh, that we have, uh, there's a lot of people I worked at the health center, like let's just, give this out there i worked at the health center and only uh two nurses were wearing masks and they were all from the outside like there were people that came into the reserve and not working there but everybody else was not wearing masks and i was working at the health center where they actually were giving up covid vaccines tim 
not wearing masks. It's it's pretty like double standard, but it's pretty hilarious how it works. Uh, and then they have this little store that everybody's like having to wear masks to. But like when you're at this band office that I'm working at right now, which is like their head office or whatever, uh, it's like 90. Like now the school is there, but like the teachers, they're not wearing a mask properly at all. Like they're wearing it like underneath or like don't have their nose. So it's like totally useless. Like they, why, why are you even wearing a mask? Like there's maybe like two or three morons there that are actually. Yeah, and if you're not wearing, doing it the correct way, you're actually just making things worse. But anyways, you know, it's been a, a great show. Yeah, I so... have to get going to rest my voice yeah, and rest my mind. And uh, yeah. anyways, no, thank you guys for tuning in and hearing us drone on about super complicated stuff that even I don't understand. And John doesn't understand when it comes to these with the CFDs. Uh, so maybe we'll know more next time. But anyways, tip yeah. show, the Liberty Advisor, John Snipes, and Economic Truth. Check us out at timandjohnshow.com. Subscribe to us in all the different places where you can get podcasts, uh, Odyssey slash library, and uh, you know YouTube if you have to do it. We're almost at 3,000, so help us get over the 3,000 push on the Liberty Advisor page. We're almost there. Man, we actually haven't been there in a while. We may already be over it, but I think we're like 2,960. And also, it also helps if you want to write a review I mean, only if it's a positive review. If you want to write a one-star review, then don't write a review. But if you're going to write a five-star review on iTunes, that really helps out with the algorithm. And want to appreciate everybody who do- who has done that and helped out the show grow. And thank you again to uh, Mr. Bitcoin Booster himself, uh, Zach, who's been helping us out tremendously. But anyways, thank you guys so much. Take care and peace Have out till next time.